0: Welcome back to my podcast, a podcast all about movie commentaries. And this week is it, chapter one and two. I really wanted to do the 1990s version also, and my husband really wanted me to do the 1990s version because it's his favorite, but I'll have to do it next year because two movies is my sweet spot, and to get it done in a week, it's just nearly impossible to even do two movies for me. So three would have been not even possible. So I'm sorry if you guys aren't a fan of these remakes. I think they did a pretty good job with these. The gore was a little extra in them, but also this is a 27 year gap. And I just realized the year of the gap of these movies. That's pretty cool. I actually didn't get to work these movies either. I had just quit my job, I think a year before chapter one came out. So obviously I wasn't even working when chapter two came out cause it was a two year gap. And I don't even know if I saw the first one in theaters. And I don't even think we saw the second one in theaters. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I waited until I could watch them in the privacy of my own home so I could scream without judgment. So with that being said, we're going to get into these creepy movies now. I do want to say I do plan on doing some comparing and contrasting throughout this episode. I'm going to try my best to. I did have to get some help from my husband, so I can't take all the credit for it. Um, He has seen the 1990s version way more than I have, so he knew a whole lot more, so I got some of his help. Now, you know we have to talk about these stars in this movie, but I only knew Bill Skarsgård and Finn Wolfhard from Chapter 1. I'm going to get into the characters in Chapter 2 later, but just letting you know it's just superb throughout both of these movies. I may not have known who these kids were, but they did a really great job. And it was funny, and they understood the assignment. They were great. So I'm just going to lay the groundwork of who's who in this movie. It's centered around the Losers Club, which is Bill, Richie, Eddie, Stanley, Ben, Mike, and Beverly. Bill has a stutter. Richie is just an asshole. Eddie's a hypochondriac. And has a crazy overbearing mom. Stanley's a big old baby about everything. Ben is the new kid in town and Mike is black and the bully of the school Henry is always telling him that he doesn't belong in their town and just to top it all off his parents died in a tragic fire and people think that he started it. So now He lives with his grandpa on, and they like run a sheep farm or something. He has to kill sheep at the beginning of this movie when you meet him. So I'm assuming that they run a sheep farm. And then we have our only girl of the group, Beverly. And there are rumors that Beverly has slept with all these guys. And so she's outcasted by everyone except for the Losers Club. And when I say outcasted, I mean these girls trap her in a bathroom stall and dump water in the trash bag and then dump the trash bag on top of her. Poor girl has a rough. But we start this movie out in good old 1988 in a town called Derry, and this is where we meet Georgie, Bill's younger brother, and Georgie is wanting Bill to help him build a paper boat to float down the street in the rain. He does, but when Georgie takes this outside to play with, it ends up going down the storm drain, and this is where we meet our main villain, Pennywise, and he's creepy. And that is all I'm going to say about it, because it kind of speaks volumes when you see him. He tries to get Georgie to come and hang out with him down in the sewer, but all Georgie wants is his boat back. So when he tries to get it, Pennywise freaking bites his arm off. Like, it's disgusting. Ugh. Oh, God. He drags him down the sewer, and we never see Georgie again. Alive, that is. Now, that happened in October, so now we skip to summer, And all these kids are getting out of school, and that's how Bill wants to spend his summer. He wants to go searching the sewers for Georgie. Now, get it? He feels like it's his fault because when Georgie wanted to go play outside, he wanted Bill to come, and Bill pretended to be sick because he really just didn't want to hang out with his younger brother that day. So, he blames himself for what happened. So, he convinces all his friends that they need to go search these sewers because that's fun summer activity, right? And when they are searching, they don't find Georgie, but they do find the shoe of another kid that's missing. Also, Ben, the new kid, he has a crush on Beverly. Even writes her a poem, but sends it as a secret admirer. But Bill also has a crush, so that will be interesting. Now, they all start seeing things. Stanley sees this picture, this creepy picture that's in his dad's office. It comes to life and tries to attack him. Mike sees the hands of his family that are trapped in the fire and ben is getting attacked by henry and he sees like a red balloon pop up like this car that just drives by by the way while these kids are cutting his stomach and don't do anything and then um eddie sees a leper and then i don't know if we ever see richie's but in the original it's a werewolf that richie's terrified of but we didn't get into that one this time And then Bill sees Georgie down in the basement with Pennywise right beside him. So all in all, these kids have interacted with something that has terrified them. And then with Beverly, she had this hair come out of her drain after she chopped her hair off, which I will get into here in a second. But it just comes out of her drain and like explodes in her bathroom along with a lot of blood. And only she could see it because when her dad came in there, he didn't see anything. And then all the friends could see it. And so that's when they kind of all figured out that, oh, this is something that's just us. And it has nothing to do with adults. Speaking of Beverly, we find out that her dad is abusive and is a grade A creep. And he's always asking if she's still his girl. Ew. So she chops off her hair in rebellion. And I think to make herself unappealing to him. But in all honesty, I think she looks better with short hair than she does long hair. But that's just my opinion. Now, when they start talking about all these weird things that have happened to them and they figure out that dairy is kind of the center of all these weird instances that happen, but mainly it's with kids. They figure out that, like I said, that they've all seen Pennywise, but they don't call him that. They call him it. Like I said, only the kids can see him, and he appears as whatever you're afraid of, and he always returns every 27 years. Also, a fun fact about Bill Skarsgård, when he played Pennywise, he didn't let the kids see him until they filmed their very first scene together so that he could get a really authentic scare, and I think he achieved it. (laughs) If anything, the makeup for this Pennywise was obviously 10 times better than the 90s version because makeup has obviously come a long way since the 90s, but also stepping into such big shoes that Bill Skarsgård did, because let's face it, Tim Curry will always be Pennywise. He will always be the best Pennywise. But the way Bill Skarsgård did this Pennywise, I felt like he did a really excellent job for the way that they took this movie. In the 1990s version, it was way more psychological, I felt like, than it was gory. So he didn't really have to be that scary. But in this one, he kind of had to be a little bit more scary because of the motif that they were going for. And like I said, I think he achieved that goal because he definitely scared me and I was an adult when I saw this. So I know that the kids shooting this movie were probably terrified. Okay, back to it. They get the layout of the sewers and they find out that they all lead back to the well house, which is a creepy abandoned house now, but back then it was like right next to the barons, which is where they were searching before. So it kind of all ties together. So duh, they go to this house, but only Bill, Richie and Eddie go inside. And this is where things get kind of tricky. They get separated and Eddie ends up falling through the floor and breaking his arm. So we all know his mom's going to be pissed as hell. And the rest of them get tormented by it. And they all end up saving eddie they all come together and save him and by all together i mean beverly because beverly is the one that stabs him in the head to get him to fall back into the well that is underneath this house so clever name there for that house i know it obviously had to have a well in it but still i didn't think it was going to have an actual well like at the bottom But once they make it out of that house, and Eddie's mom comes and picks him up and freaks out on all these kids that it's all their fault that he got hurt, they figure out that the way that they beat him is by staying together, and they have to be united front, and if they're not, then it's not going to work, and Bill wants to go back and go find him, but none of the other kids do, or at least Richie doesn't. Richie's the one that makes the big deal about it, and they get into a fight, and then the group just disbands and we have to wait a little bit before they all come back together. We're gonna switch over to Henry for a little bit because I feel like we haven't really talked about him because he's kind of our second villain, if you will. He's the bully that picks on all these kids, so he does kind of need a little bit of story, I feel like. Um, We find out that his dad is a cop, which he's terrified of him, and Pennywise kind of preys on that a little bit and uses that to his advantage. He ends up luring Henry to the mailbox with his big red balloon, and in the mailbox is a package for Henry, and it is the knife that he lost whenever he was cutting into Ben's stomach, and you know, he loses it, and everybody's freaking out because they can't find it, and it's his dad's knife, and then when he gets it back, he is told, air quote around told, to go and kill his dad, which he does, and then he's told, again air quotes, that he needs to kill them all, and by all, we're talking about the losers club here. I'm sure everybody knows that though so henry's gone a little cray cray and we're going to see how that unfolds So, like I said before, Eddie is a hypochondriac, and he is only that way because his mom basically makes him that way. She's the one that's always saying, hey, you're allergic to this, you're allergic to that, you don't need to do this, you don't need to do that, because of this, this, this. And so, he's on all this medication, or so he thinks, because when he goes to the pharmacy, after he breaks his arm, the pharmacist's daughter, who is the one who picks on Beverly, by the way, but she's the one that tells him that all his medicine is placebos which it's funny because when he's going off on his mom about it, he calls them gazebos. (laughs) That's when he kind of starts standing up for himself a little bit more. He realizes that, hey, his mom's been lying to him the whole time and it wasn't his friend's fault that he got hurt. They actually saved him and we have this big moment where he busts out of the house and leaves his mom and it was a good character arc for him because he finally realized that, hey, I'm not going to be controlled anymore and I'm going to decide what I want to do. So we're going to jump back to Beverly and her dad and his creepy self. And not only creepy, he's possessive because when she's trying to leave, he says no, I don't want you to leave because I hear you've been hanging out with all these boys and what are they going to think when the whole town finds out that you've just been the only girl with this group of boys. And she tries to say no, we're just friends, da da da, da but he's not buying it and he tries to attack her. And it kind of insinuates that he's going to rape her. I don't know if that's really what was going to happen, but that was the vibe that I was getting. And so I'm going with it. When she breaks free of him holding her down, she runs to the bathroom. Well, he runs after her. And then when he busts in the bathroom, she whacks him over the head with the back of the toilet. So you go, girl. Now she does end up killing him, which is terrible to say. It's not a bad thing. He was a terrible person, probably needed to die. But then after that happens, she turns around and Pennywise is there and he kidnaps her. And I have to tell you guys that still to this day, it scares me. Because I always forget that he's right behind her after that. And so when she turns around, he just grabs his neck and that's the jump scare. And it succeeds. I jump every time. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit, but you do find out that he takes her to his lair and that's where we get the hilarious little meme of the Pennywise dance. That is also when he puts her in a trance with the deadlights that are in the back of his mouth, which is also really gross, but that's his thing. So I guess they gotta go with it. So I think it's Bill is the only one that goes to her apartment, and he figures out that she's been kidnapped, and that's when he gets the whole gang together to get them to go back to the well house. Now in the 90s version, they bring a slingshot to defeat him, but in this one, Mike brings the cattle gun. So that was a bit of a change up from the 90s version to this one, I guess because this was filmed in 2017 and slingshots are kind of obsolete. So we they had to bring in a different type of weapon, which makes sense, I get that. So when they make it back to the house, we figure out that Henry has actually been following them the whole time. And when they're trying to make it down the well, and then they have to make it halfway, and there's a little entryway. That's where they have to make it to. Everybody makes it except for Mike, and that's when Henry attacks him, and you think that Mike's going to die because he takes the cattle gun Henry does and points it at his head, but then you figure out that it's not loaded, so Mike can get him off of him, and then he ends up pushing Henry down the well. Now, you would think that Henry would die, right? Right? No. That crazy boy lives. and We'll get into his story later on in the second one. But in the process of Mike trying to get back down to them to the entryway, he drops the rest of the bullets or whatever they're called in that cattle gun. I'm probably using the wrong terminology, but I'm gonna call them bullets. And he drops his whole pack of them. So they only have one left. Shocker. Now while they're waiting for Mike to make his way back down to the entryway, freaking Stan gets separated from anybody, literally the worst person to get separated from the group. And it's stan don't worry though they end up saving him everybody chill out but when they make it to him after they figure out that he's been separated he's like not getting his face like sucked off that's kind of what you think though it's what it looks like but the creepy lady from the picture is like biting his face and they do end up getting her off of him and he's freaking out he's like y'all left me y'all left me no sir you left them this is all on you but i digress and i just want to say i don't hate stan this is not an i hate stan episode But his attitude stinks, and he is a very minor character in the group. Like, he's one that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but still, when he's there, his attitude just sucks. And I get it's hard to have a good attitude when you have a killer clown after you, but still, like, band together with your friends and help, and it would all go away. That's all I'm gonna say. So when they're trying to help Stan, though, Bill thinks he sees Georgie, and he goes after him and follows him and follows him all the way into the lair, without the gang, so it's no bueno, Bill. The gang does catch up with him though, and that's where they see Beverly in her trance because of the deadlights. And they also see all the other missing kids floating in this lair. It kind of does a little like circle, cyclone type thing up to the top. Now Beverly, they can reach, they end up, they boost someone up and they get her down, but she won't wake up because she's in this trance, like I've already stated many times. So Ben decides he's just going to kiss her. And that's when she wakes up and she realizes, oh, you're the one that wrote the poem for me. Like we have this connection. It's a thing. And I would love to tell you that they get together in the end. And I'm just going to break your hearts right now and tell you that that does not happen yet. Bill is obviously still talking to who he thinks is Georgie right now. And he soon figures out that it is not Georgie. It is Pennywise in the form of Georgie. And that's when he shoots him in the head with their one and only bullet from that cattle gun. And you think he made a big mistake. But he didn't. It was Pennywise. And he turns back into his clown form, which was super gross. But that is not the point. We're going to move on. And once he is back to his clown form, they go after him and they try to defeat him. And you think it's going to be this big victorious win. And it's just not. He ends up grabbing Bill. And he said, just let me keep him and you guys can go. He says it's creepier than that, but still. He basically is getting them a get out of jail free card. And Bill wants them to take it. He wants them to leave and be safe because he thinks that it's his fault that they're all in this mess. Well, his friends aren't like that. They don't feel that way. And they go after Pennywise and defeat him because they figure out that if they are not afraid of him when they're a united front that he can't hurt them and he can't kill them and so that's how they win that is how they defeat him because see the way that he can have power is if kids fear him and if they don't fear him then he doesn't have any power and he takes this clown form because for some crazy reason kids don't find clowns creepy they trust them I just would like to say that I think when I was a kid, I found clowns creepy and I know for a fact, to this day, I for sure find them creepy. So I'm not gonna be trusting no clown with anything, let alone going with them into a creepy drain cellar, which already is a red flag, or anywhere else. But still. And that to me is what makes this movie creepy, is that he feeds off the fear and that is how he wins. And it's not like, oh, he's going to jump out and get you. No, he's going to lure you in and that's how he gets you. So when they defeated him, he kind of disintegrated down into the well, deeper down. I think this is just a bottomless pit of a well. And you think that he's dead. So they bust up out of there, as they should. But they make a promise that if it isn't dead, that they're going to come back if he comes back too. And they make like a blood pact. They take some nasty glass off the ground and cut their hands open and all hold hands and make this promise. We didn't have to go that far, but I understand. It needed to be done. I almost forgot. Uh, When they get back and they're all talking, Beverly does tell them that when she was underneath the trance that she saw them all as adults. She doesn't go into any more detail than that. Just she tells them that she saw them all and that they were their parents' ages when she saw them. So to wrap up this movie, at the very end, Beverly and Bill share a kiss. And that's how we end our movie. So for chapter one, I'm going to give it a rating of like seven or eight out of ten. I think it's a really good scary movie. I do actually prefer chapter two over chapter one. I find chapter one a little dull, but not because it's not scary. Just because it does just lay the groundwork and sometimes that can get a little boring. Not that this movie is boring, but the second one just has a better pace for me. But I do like this movie. I think it is very well done. Like I've already gushed about it earlier. I think that the the casting was great and the makeup design is great and everything. And so without all that being said, we're going to jump into chapter two. So like I said at the beginning of the, chapter one, I want to talk about this superb and star-studded cast for Chapter 2 because it's just amazing. Like, if I can gush about anything, it's the casting of this movie because the adult versions that they chose, I think, matched incredibly well with the kids. So, just going to lay them all out for you. Just going to give you a rundown. Uh, We have Jessica Chastain playing Beverly, James McAvoy as Bill, Bill Hader as Richie, Isaiah Mustafa as Mike, Jay Ryan as Ben, James Ransone as Eddie, Andy Bean as Stanley, and of course, Bill Skarsgård returns to play Pennywise. Now, there are some of them that looked eerily similar to the kid versions of who they're portraying, like James Ransone and Andy Bean, and even Bill Hader. I think they all really looked identical almost to the kid versions that they're portraying. And yes, Jessica Chastain is pretty close to the girl that plays Beverly, mainly because she has red hair. And that's probably the reason that she got cast. Does not matter? She did a really good job. James McAvoy was probably the one that I felt like he was kind of the odd man out. I didn't really feel like he looked a whole lot like the younger version of Bill, but he still did a really good job at portraying this character. Now, Isaiah Mustafa, I know him from Shadowhunters, and I've always enjoyed his acting in those shows, and then in this movie, he did a really good job at playing Mike, who wasn't really a big main character in chapter one, but turned out to be the main character, really, in chapter two. And then Jay Ryan, I really haven't seen him in anything, but even though he's a slimmed down version of Ben, I feel like he still looked like a whole lot like the younger version of him. So now that I've gushed about everybody that's in this movie, we're going to do a rundown of what these crazy kids, now adults have been up to for the past 27 years. So Mike stayed in Derry and lives at the library. Actually, Bill is a book writer slash movie writer who can't come up with a good ending for his work, but he no longer has a stutter. So that's positive. And he's also married to an actress. Eddie is married to a woman who is basically his mom reincarnated. And it's funny because she's also played by the same woman who played his mom in chapter one. And he's also a risk analyst for an insurance company. Richie is a stand-up comedian. Ben has slimmed down like I stated just a second ago. And he's a fancy architect. And then we have Stanley who is married. But that's really all you find out about him because spoiler alert... He ends up killing himself after Mike calls them and asks them all to come back to Derry. So he's only in this movie for a total of like five minutes, maybe. And then finally, we have Beverly, and she is married to an abusive asshole who is very similar to her dad, and she is also a rich fashion designer. She does end up leaving her husband, though. Literally, when she's going to Derry, she leaves the ring on their steps because when she's trying to leave, he attacks her, And again, we get the rapey vibes, and she busts up out of there after she whacks him over the head with a picture and leaves his ass. So, proud of you. So, we find out that since everyone but Mike left Derry, none of them remember anything about Derry. They don't remember the Losers Club. They don't remember the promise that they made. They don't remember anything. But as soon as they come back to Derry, everything starts flooding back. But before I get too deep into that, I'm gonna jump to Henry really quick. We find out that he's alive, and he goes home. Why he would go home, I don't know, but he's off his rocker, like we stated. Anyways, he gets arrested for his dad's murder, and they put him in a psychiatric institution, which he then breaks out of when a red balloon shows up, along with his friend that died in the last movie. And I didn't really touch on that, because I honestly forgot that he was in this movie, and so... We're going to jump back real quick. His friend went into the barons. He ended up dying. That's his story. I honestly don't even remember his friend's name, so that's how much of an impact he made on me. But anyways, his zombie form ends up breaking Henry out, and that's where we're at. So now that we're all caught up on Henry, we're going to go back to the Losers Club, and the gang is finally back together after 27 years. And of course, Ben and Bill are still crushing on Beverly even though Bill is married, but I don't think it's a real happy marriage from the two minutes she had of screen time. But Mike explains to them that when they left, that's why they forgot about it and Derry. Apparently when you leave Derry, you forget everything about it. They find out that Stanley is dead, but when they call his wife, Beverly already knew how he died before she could even say it. Because when she was in that trance in the Deadlights, She didn't just see them all as adults. She saw all of them dying while fighting Pennywise. She buried the lead there a little bit, but I guess I understood it. She didn't want to freak everybody out. I don't blame her, but I feel like that's kind of something that you should tell your best friends. Everyone, of course, wants to leave. I don't blame them at all. Mike definitely lied when he told them to come here. He didn't really tell them the full extent of everything. He didn't tell them that they were going to have to kill it. And so they're all trying to get the heck out of Dodge, And they're all staying at this inn in town. I guess they only have one inn in Derry, and that's where everybody's staying. So, of course, everybody's going to head back there and go home. But Mike's, like, begging Bill to hear him out and why they all need to stay. So, he takes him back to the library, and he gives him a little drug-induced history lesson about this tribe that was the first affected by it and also how they can kill it. And that's when they go back to the inn, and they all talk about it, and they all decide that they need to stay, mainly because Beverly, again, bearing the lead, said that no one's going to make it to the next 27 years, so if we don't beat it now, we're all going to die. She's a real omen, that Beverly. But in order for this ritual to work that they have to do to kill him, they have to remember that summer the summer where they met it and it all happened but they have to remember it so that they can get like tokens or artifacts or whatever word you want to use for it in order to place as sacrifices for the ritual they end up picking stanley's they go back to the clubhouse and they find the shower caps that they used that summer to keep spiders out of their hair while they were in the clubhouse beverly's is the postcard poem ben wrote richie's is an arcade token Bill's is Georgie's paper boat that he gets back from the storm drain where Georgie went missing. Ben's is the page from his yearbook that only Beverly signed. Eddie's is his old inhaler. And Mike's is a rock, but not just any rock. It's the rock that Beverly used to hit Henry in the head, which started the rock fight, which in return saved Mike's life and how he became a part of the Losers Club. So, we will say we kind of just sprinkle in the fact that Richie is gay in this movie. And, God, me saying that makes me think of the John Mulaney stand-up where he's like, I'm going to pepper in the fact that I am gay. That's kind of what they did here. We just kind of peppered in the fact that he is. And then we didn't really talk about it again. It was there and then we moved on. I mean, it doesn't even come into play again until the very end of the movie. If you're going to go as far as to kind of create a backstory for it, and lay it out a little bit and then just be done if you're gonna do that much let's go full force with it but we also figure out though that he never told his friends that he was gay it was kept a secret and so i guess that's why we didn't really dive into it but still i said what i said so bill ends up buying his old bike back silver at a pawn shop and that pawn shop is run by mr stephen king nice little cameo nice little touch that they threw in there But what I didn't appreciate is Silver coming back into play because Silver wasn't a big deal in the first one and she's not really a big deal in this one either. Now in the 90s version, she is. She's a very big deal because in that version, Bill and his wife are very happily married and she's a pretty big, not a big character, but she's a character in that movie that has more than two lines. And she ends up coming to Derry to be with Bill And in that process, she gets kidnapped by Pennywise and gets put in a trance and they save her, but they can't get her out of that trance until Bill decides to put her on the back of Silver with him and they ride down this hill and she all of a sudden comes out of this trance because of Silver, because it beat the devil is the term that they used. And they use that term in chapter two also, but you don't really get it unless you've seen the 90s version. And so I don't really know why we had to put that in there. I guess because Silver is such a staple in that movie that it had to be put in there. But still, I kind of wish that we had dived a little deeper into that aspect of it. But we were going a different route with Bill's character in this movie. So I guess that's why we did it. So remember in chapter one when Ben kissed Beverly when she was in that trance and she realized that he was the one that wrote her the poem? Yeah, she completely forgot about all that. So now she thinks that she remembers who it is but she thinks it's Bill, so awkward. So after they all experience their weird experiences and getting their totems, they all make it back to the inn, except for Mike. He's at the library waiting on all them to call him. Richie wants to leave because he just is done with all this nonsense and Ben thinks he convinces him to stay, but Richie ends up making a break for it and that's when we happen to see Henry's car and that leads us to Eddie. Who goes to clean up and henry is waiting for him in the bathroom and stabs him in the face but i'm proud of eddie because he then stabs henry and bolts out that bathroom real quick but before ben can get there to catch him henry's already jumped out the window because that boy cray cray and i don't think he can die but i spoke too soon on that because then henry goes after mike at the library And you think he's gonna kill Mike, he gets really close. And then Richie's in to save the day. He decided not to leave, which is a good thing because he ends up killing Henry, so that boy can die. So they finally realize that they have to go back to that nasty well house that honestly should be falling over by now. But you know, a crazy clown lives in the well underneath there, so I guess that's why it's still standing. They make their way down to the lair, but not after a few hiccups and those hiccups being Pennywise trying to kill Ben and then Stanley, aka Pennywise again, coming back to them as a spider head type thing and trying to kill Richie. But they finally make it down there and it's hella deep where they go. Like I felt like they were never going to get there. Because they first make it to the place where they saw him the first time, and then they have to go down a door and then go down to another lair. So it's just a never-ending well, like I said. They end up performing the ritual, and it almost works. But we all know it can't, right? Like, that would just be too easy. They try to close it up with the deadlights in it. They get them in the little ritual box, and then all of a sudden this big red balloon starts popping up. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it's so massive that it pops. And there's Pennywise as a giant spider. Yay. You then find out that Mike lied to them again. He also buried the lead. Everyone buries the lead. Nobody is just straightforward with people, but he didn't tell them that this tribe that fought it billions of years ago all died, but he thought that they would be different. He thought that if they all banded together and they all decided to defeat him, that they could do it. They could be the ones to break this curse. Good intentions poorly executed. But of course we got to battle it out with Pennywise and he plays tricks on everybody. He traps Bill in his old house with his younger self who is blaming himself for what happened to Georgie. He separates Beverly and Ben. He locks Beverly in a bathroom stall like the one that she used to hide in in high school and he then traps Ben in the clubhouse that he built all by himself. And then he starts demolishing the clubhouse. He starts filling the bathroom stall with blood, basically to try to drown them both, one in blood and one in dirt. But then they start to hear each other, and he confesses his love for Beverly, and that's when she breaks herself out of that bathroom stall and saves his butt, and then they fall in love. Finally. Finally. And that was a really condensed version of what happened. I'm sorry. It was a really long scene, so I wanted to get as much information in there as I could so that you guys could all follow along with me. So, But if you want to watch it, just go watch it. It's on HBO Max. (laughs) But back to Bill. He's still with his younger self, and he figures out that it's Pennywise that's posing as his younger self, and he pretends to shoot him with an empty cattle gun but it works just like it did in chapter one when he shot Georgie and that bill turns into the form of Pennywise back to his nasty spider self but still they all end up back together to try and fight him off and Richie ends up becoming possessed by the deadlights so Eddie goes to save him by throwing an iron rod through Pennywise's mouth And then that makes him fall back and he gets stabbed by one of his big nasty little spiderweb type things. It was is what it looks like to me. It's what I'm going to call it. And you think that he's dead. And he is not. And it's really sad because then he kills Eddie. And Eddie is one of my favorite characters. So I was really upset that he died. But they figure out though that the only way that they can kill him is they need to make Pennywise small. Literally. So they start telling him that he's just a clown and they yell that over and over again until he's so small that he is meshing, melding, meshing, that was a mixture of that, into his little spiderweb wall type thing. And he's so small that they literally take his heart out and they crush it together. Teamwork and friendship makes the dream work, right guys? So after it is really dead, so after it is really dead, The scars that they had made when they made their blood pact, they all go away. So we know that it's for real, for real dead. And all of our peeps that remain end up in good places. Mike decides to finally leave Derry, and as he should, he deserves it. He needs to get out of that crazy town. Bill is writing a new book, and he knows exactly how he's going to end this one because he's writing about his friends. Bev and Ben are together with a dog, and they're all domesticated, and they're on a boat, and it's cute. And then we find out that Richie was actually in love with Eddie the whole time. Because at the very end, you see him carving R and E on a bridge. And it's just kind of indicated that he was in love with him. I don't know if that's what they were going for. I believe that's what I read, though. So I'm going to go with that. And they also all receive a note from Stanley explaining why he did what he did. And he said that he was just taking himself off the board because he knew They all needed to be a united front against Pennywise and he knew that he couldn't do that. And that's how we end our second movie. Now, were both of these movies almost three hours? Yes. Were they both worth a watch? Absolutely, yes. These movies scare the crap out of me, but I do enjoy watching them. I haven't watched them in a few years, so I had forgotten a lot of stuff, so it was nice to have a little rewatch. Chapter 2... Gets an 8 out of 10 for me because, like I said, I prefer it over chapter 1. Like I said though before, they are both very good. And with all this being said, that is the end of our It Chapter 1 and 2 episode, along with our spooky season. So happy Halloween, you crazies. And again, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened today. And I would love to hear your feedback on this episode and your thoughts about this movie. And you know where to follow me to do all that. But I'm going to tell you again, like I always do it's either Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, or all three. They're all the same handle it's at Movie Theater Mom. So come on and give me a follow and let's discuss. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode along with all the spooky season episodes this month. This has been a lot of fun for me and I already have things planned for next year. Now, next week we are headed back to Forks and we're finishing the Twilight Saga. So all those people that have been waiting for me to get back to Twilight, it's time. So keep an eye out for clips and sneak peeks this week. But until then, see ya.